We are in Come Follow Me week 21, and it's Deuteronomy chapter 6 through 8, 15, 18, 29 through 30, and 34, basically the book of Deuteronomy. And so much of it is just retelling the story of Moses and the children of Israel and emphasizing it's kind of like the books of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, how we have all four accounts of the Savior's life. It's kind of the same thing, just emphasizing truths that they want us to know about this this account that we've already read. And so that's why the church really just highlights these chapters. And so one of the things um, that really jumped out at me is this word prosper. And I remember at a point in time in our life, um, really wondering how that could be true. We read in the scriptures over and over and over that if we are obedient, that God will prosper us. And this really jumped out at me in this. And so I really kind of want to look at that because that is something that I've really studied in my own life um, and questioned as we have gone through financially hard things, wondering what exactly is the Lord's def definition of prosper because it's different than mine or what the world would say. I think we're more in line in our thinking now, but it's been... 32 plus years of marriage. Okay, so the first one that I want to look at in chapter 6, verse 11, as he's talking to the Israelites and telling them they now get to go into this land that is their promised land. He says, And houses which are full of all good things, which thou fillest not, and wells digged, which thou diggest not, and vineyards and olive trees, which thou plantest not, when thou shalt have eaten and be full. So my first thing that I would say is that is so much like those of us in the church who have prospered from what the pioneers did. We are so blessed to be in a church of 17 million people, in a church of churches which we built not, temples which we built not, tithing money, what used to be they had a fund, which we don't pay. Um, I mean, our tithing money, we do pay, but they used to have building funds above that and beyond that. And as we read about the pioneers, all that they gave to come to this valley to plant and make it blossom as a rose, we literally sit and benefit from those who have gone before. So there's a definition of prospered, how he has blessed us. Okay, chapter 7. Ver, um, in chapter 7, the first verse is chap verse 13, excuse me. And he will love thee and bless thee and multiply thee. He will also bless the fruit of thy womb and the fruit of the land and thy corn and thy wine and thine oil and the increase of thy kind and the flocks of thy sheep and the land, which he swear to the to thy fathers to give thee. And um, I just, okay, so we'll jump down. I won't explain that one. We'll go to chapter 8, verse 3. And he humbled thee and suffered thee to hunger and fed thee with manna, which thou knewest not, neither did thy fathers know, that he might make thee know that man doth not live by bread alone, but every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of the Lord doth man live by. And then I loved this in verse four. I had never noticed this. Thy raiment waxed not old upon thee, 
neither did thy foot swell these 40 years. So their shoes, their clothing lasted longer. And as it talked about, he humbled thee and suffered thee to hunger. It's that he allows us to go through these hard things that we might learn how dependent we are on the Lord. And that is prospered, that our testimonies might become so solidified and that we might be tethered. Bind my wandering heart to thee. And um, I love that he, he talks about in verse 9, you didn't lack for anything. Thou shalt not lack for anything. And I thought, oh, yes, they did. They were thirsty and they were hungry. And yes, the Lord kind of gets mad that they're complaining about the manna. But I have to say in reading these stories, I've thought, okay, I so relate to this. It, it just is amazing to me to read this and go, he is blessing them that their relationship, those pioneers, do you remember the story of the man who stood in church and started kind of calling out the Lord for all the pioneers had suffered? And then another man stood up, and I'm sorry, I should have looked this up, and chastised him and said, you don't know of what you speak. I learned to know the Lord and have a relationship with him going through that. And this is my words. I would not have changed that experience. And I had a really good friend go walk with me and I was telling her some of the things that we, our kids have been struggling with and some of the things we've been going through. And she said to me, Erin, do you like who you've become? And I kind of sat there and I thought, yes, I do. Do you like your relationship with the Savior? Yes, I do. Would you be who you are if those things had not happened, if those struggles, if those things you're going through? And I thought, no, I would not. I would not know the Savior as intimately as I know. I would not know, not believe, but know that I have a Savior who knows me, who hears me, who answers my prayer, who loves me, who wants me back. And is working all things for my good. I would not know that if I was not going through. And that is being prospered. Okay, um, I want to jump to chapter 15. And, and I'm really just centering on that definition of prospered. So if it feels like we're jumping all over or jumping through really quick, that's why. I feel like other podcasts are covering this really, really well. And it is so much repetition of what we've already read, but this this experience of really studying what prosperity meant, being so disappointed with all our financial strugglings and wondering what I had done wrong, what the Lord was not pleased with in my life, and the Spirit coming to me and saying, Joseph Smith never had his own home, never had struggled his entire life. Do you think I was disappointed with him? And man, I may question if the Lord is disappointed with me, but I know he was not with Joseph Smith. And that was such a testament to me to look. And um, I think sometimes we make the mistake of thinking prospered means that we won't struggle. And I love the scripture that says um, he closed the lilies of the field and that and the birds of the sky 
and he will feed those that trust him. I love that. Those are actually lyrics to a song <laughs> that I mixed in there. But that's what would come again and again and again to me. Aaron, he will feed you. He will prosper you. And it may not be the way you think. So look at what it is. Your clothes last longer. Your shoes last longer. There's food in the cupboard. And it may not be a ton and a big variety. And you may have to go to the grocery store and really question what you can get. But he feeds you. But then you look at health. And you look at the fact that you have six healthy children and you look at the fact that you have a husband and a marriage and you have the gospel and you know it's true. And it's just amazing to read this and realize this is exactly what he's teaching them. He's teaching me what it means to be prospered. And we live for the next life. We are living and being refined and learning and growing for the next life. Wherein nothing we suffer here, he will make up for everything we suffer here. And I am just blown away reading this and thinking how much I struggled and how much I have grown and changed and, and realized what prosperity means. And I'm sure that will continue to change. So I love that. In chapter 15, verse 18, it says, It shall not seem hard unto thee when thou sendest him away. And this is their servants in that um, chapter 15 is all about these seven years. And then they forgive debts and they send their servants who have worked for them and they free them. And the Lord thy God shall bless thee in all thou doest. We can never get ahead God makes up for everything. He prospers us. It is never a wrong idea to give. It is never a wrong idea to sacrifice. He sees everything and it just screams it through all of these chapters. Okay, jump all the way. I hope this is making sense because I am just jumping. But um, in twenty nine chap chapter 29, verse 5, and I have led you 40 years in the wilderness. Your clothes are not waxen old on you. Thy shoes is thy shoe is not waxen old on thy foot. So again, this your your things that you have last longer. Nine. Keep therefore the words of this covenant and do them that you may prosper in all you do. And that is your relationship with God. And then I love in um 29. Let's see, verse 29, I have, oh yeah. But those things which are revealed belong unto us. That's temple covenants and the gospel. And to our children forever that we may do all the words of this law. How blessed are we, how prospered are we that we have temple covenants, that we have the knowledge of the gospel. Okay, that's huge. And then in chapter 30, verse 9, And the Lord thy God will make thee plenteous in every work of thy hand, and the fruit of thy body, and the fruit of thy cattle, and the fruit of thy land for good. For the Lord will again rejoice over thee for good, as he rejoiced over thy fathers. Um, and his definition, again, is different. Um, verse 20, That thou mayest love the Lord thy God, that thou mayest obey his voice, that thou mayest cleave unto him, for he is thy life. And if everything in our life 
is leading us to know that. I mean, you think of times where you don't struggle. Are those the times that you fall on your knees in fervent prayer to God? No. Those are the times we forget. But the times where we are worried about finances, about our marriage, about our children, about a job, about our car running, so many missionaries, so many things. Those are the times we learn to cleave to God. We learn that he has given us eyes to see that we are partners with him in raising these children and becoming better people, becoming more like him. And that is being prospered. And I just want to end in chapter 34. And last week I was in the temple and there were some really sweet things that came to me that I I had already finished my podcast and so I didn't want to redo it. And I love that it came this week to just share. But I want to start in verse 9. And it says, um, And Joshua the son of Nun was full of the spirit of wisdom, for Moses had laid his hands on him. Another way we are prospered, priesthood blessings, set apart, school blessings, priesthood power. For Moses had laid his hands on him, and the children of Israel hearkened to him and did as the Lord commanded Moses. Okay. Um, And then jump to verse 10. And there arose not a prophet since in Israel like unto Moses, whom the Lord knew face to face, in all the signs and the wonders which the Lord sent him to do in the land of Egypt. In verse 12. In all the mighty hand, in all the great terror, which if you look at the footnote is awesome in power, which Moses showed in the sight of Israel being used by God. And last week, the chapter where we have Moses and Aaron question, or sorry, Aaron and Miriam question Moses. And what came to me in the temple is that, that quote, we have a prophet is without honor in his own country and all the, or in his own land, I think, or country, I don't know. But the thought that came is, what about all of those people in Jesus's day who said, is not this Joseph's son? And I remember hearing um, a really dear friend of mine, Brenda Miles, speak, and her father is President Nelson. And she told about having to pray for her own witness that her father was now an apostle and how she really had to struggle for her own witness because this man was her father. And she really had to know from the Lord that her father was an apostle of God. And I think... What came to me so clearly is when we know people and we know their faults, we know their weaknesses, we know they're not perfect, how easy it is for us to judge and to question. And man, the thought that came is that our job is to sustain and to make sure that people's names are safe within our hearts. And I love that this, these verses right here in chapter 34 is it is not a comparison of Joshua and Moses. Moses didn't go into the promised land because Moses was taken by God to the great promised land. He was done. He had done all he needed to do and God took him to himself. And I have never, sorry, read the story that way. So few people do we know that had that privilege 
a handful of people, the best people. It is not a comparison. It was not a punishment that Moses didn't come in to the promised land. That was not his job. That was not his calling. His calling was to get them there. It's the same as Joseph Smith preparing the early saints. His calling was not, he did not fail. It was not to bring them in to Utah, into the Salt Lake Valley. That was Brigham Young's. Each prophet has a calling. Each of us has a calling and a job to do. And God is prospering us in that. And he will bless us. And for everything we go through, it is all to refine us and bind us to him. And I love that lesson this week for me. Again, that reiteration in my mind of what that God's definition of prosperity is very different than mine. But the older I get, the more I am learning that he has blessed and prospered me my entire life. Just not the way the world would define it. And I love that. I so hope you know the church is true. And more than that, I hope you know how much our Savior loves you.